Hey everyone, welcome back to Hope Ministries. I am your podcast host, as always, Kenny, bringing you a brand new episode, a brand new message of hope via the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ in the form of testimony, stories, devotionals, so many things wrapped into one. But again, we're excited for you guys to be back here and to join us again on what God is doing uh, with Hope Ministries. So we got some updates, some interesting and exciting updates. Um, I'm happy to announce that Laura, my fiance Laura and I uh, have chosen the venue of our wedding and the date of our wedding. Um, uh, again, it's to me, it's just it's just an honor. It was it was such a, a walk of faith and a trial of faith because I knew that the Lord was going to give us what we needed in a timely fashion. And again, all the questions from friends and family, which were, were right. They were innocent questions of when and how and where is it going to be and, and all these things. And, you know, Laura and I had to really hold ourselves back and just wait and wait and wait. And finally, after seeing the place and falling in love and putting a deposit down, this is a place that I believe that God has given to us, a place where we're going to give our wedding as an act of worship unto him. And it's so exciting because I know Laura and I are just happy for that, that wherever we go, even when we get married in a, in a small box, we get married in a hole, or we get married in a church, wherever it may be, it's going to be unto the Lord and it's going to be a sacrifice and just, again, act of worship unto him. So super excited for that. Um, the venue is called Atlantis and Riverhead, and we're getting married in October. Uh, if you, for all those who don't know Laura and I, uh, Laura was born in October. So was I. She was born October 10th. I was born October 17th, and our wedding is going to be October 25th. So October is going to be quite the busy month for us moving forward, and uh, I'm excited for that too because I know that um, I'm marrying the woman of my dreams, my princess, my queen, and the woman is going to be just there with me every single step of the way with God. So, babe, I love you very much, and I'm excited for that date. Also, guys, quick reminder for all those Crave Nighters out there, people who are worshiping, guys, the first Crave Night of the year was amazing. It was awesome. Uh, now it's going to be on March 23rd. Please don't miss it. If, you've, if you went last time, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you didn't go... I'm just telling you right now that God does amazing things. So just, I know we have stuff to do. I respect ministry work. I respect school. I respect work. But please, it's a Saturday. Try to get out there at my church, 34 Locust Street in Valley Stream, New York. We're waiting to see new faces and to see new experiences from everybody out there. So before I get into my topic, because I know I'm talking a lot to start off this whole episode, I want to share a testimony that happened to me yesterday. Um, my fiance, Laura, wanted me to come tag team and join her with uh, in the search for the bridesmaid dresses and uh you know i'm not glad you guys i was you know kind of shot um a little bit of a praise report here i was able to play soccer for the first time in almost five months on saturday and that to me was amazing because it was for two hours long but since i'm a little out of shape uh my body took a toll it took the hit my legs are very sore and i was just overall tired and i said you know what Laura, you go ahead and we'll hang out later. But um, I was able to conjure up the strength to go join my fiance and her bridesmaids and her maid of honor to go look at the dresses. So while we're there, um, we're kind of, you know, just looking around, being a little tired at this point. There's no coffee allowed in this place, so I'm struggling. And I decided to take my future niece, Aliana, to the other side to go look for some flower girl dresses. And in that process, they're about to head out. And I see that they have a little, little, very, very small men's section. And which I didn't know about. Uh, it's a place called Estelle's in Farmingdale. And what ended up happening was I'm looking at some jackets. I tried one jacket on, two jackets on. And all of a sudden, I see a guy come out of left field. And he's doing his job as a salesman. He's like, hey, how you doing? You know, 
what you got on there? You know, what are you trying it on for? I'm like, yeah, I got a wedding this year and I'm looking to see, you know, what, what I like and the fit and the style. He's like, oh, where are you getting married? And I was like, oh, I'm actually getting married in, um, in, uh, in Atlantis in Riverhead. And he looks at me and he's like, wow, my daughter got married there. Now, guys, he answered so fast that I was like, hold up. I mean, I, I was, I listen, guys, I've worked sales a lot in my life. And I know that one of the tricks and the go-tos is to, to relate as much as you can with the customer. So I'm like, interesting guy. I'm like, okay. So, you know, I started literally quizzing him. He's like, yeah. I mean, and he started telling me all the stuff about Atlantis and the ins and outs. Only something that someone who went there would know. So I was like, wow. Okay. I Let's do it. And God kind of taught me a lesson with that because... The whole cliche, don't judge a book by his cover, really was just, I mean, he blew it out of the water with this one because this man began to speak. And in, in the conversation, we, we, it got exchanged that we were both Christian. But this guy started speaking revelation, confirmation, uh, inspiration, the way he was letting the Holy Spirit use him, especially for, it was just me and Nicole at this point, but then... My fiance Laura and Nikki came on. They joined in, and he was just speaking, just word and after word after word. And I even recorded him and told him, "Like, listen, man, you really just confirmed so many things in my life, and I want to thank you for that." And he had told me about his son, who who basically was in the same situation I was in four years ago, not believing in God, but about to have my encounter. So, Mark, I appreciate what the word you said to me. God bless you. Not only did you give me these inspirational words, but I believe now I found the man I'm going to do business with to give my tuxedo, get my tuxedo and to get my groomsmen their tuxedo. So again, God works in mysterious ways. I'm so blessed to have that. And I learned a couple of things. Um, one, again, don't judge a book by its cover and don't judge at all. Just let God be God. Uh, another thing I learned too, um, you know, you never know how God's going to set up your connections and how he's going to fulfill his promise over your life. So if you're tired, if you're struggling, fight for your blessing. Fight for it and go the extra mile because God will always meet you when you go for the extra mile. So that being said, um, I got my uh, my alerts out of the way. I got my um, my testimony out of the way. Now I want to get into today's topic. And the, the, the title of this topic today is called Communicating, Comforting, and Confronting. So these three things, there's a reason why I'm talking about these three things. But let me just give you a definition of each. Uh, communicating is between one or two more people um, and being able to share and understand each other's thoughts and feelings. Comforting is to ease someone who's in grief and distress. You console them, right? And last one, uh, confronting is to face up to, to and deal with a problem or difficult situation to challenge and address something in your life that really needs and deserves confrontation. So, what I'm about to speak about right now uh, comes from a personal and yet biblical revelation that I've been experiencing. Um, I, I've gone through my four years in the gospel. It was a lot of it was with the Holy Spirit teaching me how to pray, teaching me how to communicate properly, teaching me how to speak in certain situations. And I underwent this process when I gave my life to serve Jesus wholeheartedly. When I put everything aside, my accolades, my degrees, my um, whatever I considered to be good or great about me, I put it all aside and went to follow him. And through this, the Holy Spirit taught me how to read and implement the Word of God into my life, which have just led to an increased prayer life. It's led to uh, increased communication and um, wisdom within my brothers and so many more things because communication, guys, is everything. It's the foundation to all things. And I think uh, that it was a year or two that I was there where God really, Holy Spirit really just took me to, to school on that. But not only that, 
after that, that process was kind of kicked off. He went right into com- comforting me. Uh, he comforted me when I was struggling. I was going through trials and false accusations from the enemy. I mean, we've all been through it, right? The, the, you know, the porn addictions, the drinking addictions, the addictions to, to having no self-discipline, the being self-conscious, having no identity, all these lies from the enemy. And uh, the Holy Spirit really comforted me and led me through them step by step. Like it says in, in 2 Corinthians 1, uh, 3 and 4, that uh, blessed be the God of, of our Father, Lord of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all mercies and all comfort, who comforts us in all tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the same comfort we ourselves received from God. So the Holy Spirit was showing me the comfort from the Lord that so one day I could be so good at it as far as receiving His comfort that I'm able to comfort other people around me. So not only work on the communication, but comforting me. But then the last one, which I consider to be the most important one, I guess a little below communication, but he took me to the boxing ring. I can, I love this analogy um, because I feel like boxing coaches are just so intense, yet the most inspirational people in your life. You know, they'll say you're the best fighter in the world and you're the fastest, but then when you're fighting and you're messing up, they'll say all oh, your flaws out there and they say, change your game, change your approach, you know? And, you know, he took me in there and he became my sparring partner. Uh, he became the person that I had to train with every single day. He put on the, the gear and he took his swings and, you know, he said, Ken, you know, why are you struggling with this? You know, he, he said, Ken, you know, we got to confront the hurt in your past. Ken, we got to confront the sins that are so conquering you. Ken, we got to we gotta confront those bad habits. You can't be talking like that. You can't sound like, you can't think like that. Things, these things are affecting your lifestyle. And I felt the presence. I felt the cleansing because confronting really is cleansing. Every single time you confront something, let's just keep it as a simple state. When you see a pimple in the mirror and you confront it, you pop it, you're cleansing it. Or you put whatever you want there, whatever, you know, uh, um, I guess, uh, you know, thing you buy, whatever product you buy. At the end of the day, you get rid of any blemishes. That's confronting it, correct? The same way the Holy Spirit gets rid of the blemishes in us, the inner man that's been, been sitting there for so long. So... This whole process even led me to, again, the book of Psalms where King David says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. Go be my sparring partner and see where I'm struggling. See where I'm, where I'm worrying about all the time. And see if there's any wicked way in me. I want you to keep fighting me for 12 rounds until you get those wicked ways out of me. And you lead me on the way everlasting. King David had revelation here. And he knew that we had to have um, this cleansing moment in order to really experience God fully. So this produced me an, an understanding and significance of not just one or two of these C's in my life, but all three working together to make me better, just like the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit work together. So I understood that it can't just only be about communication. There has to be a progress to comforting. It can't just only be about God comfort me, bless me, just comfort me in my trials. Don't let me face things. No, because God's not going to comfort you in a trial that was meant for you to, to elevate you in maturity. And the last one, you can't just say confront, 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 because com- people who are very confrontational usually become very aggressive, usually become very angry. They don't do it with grace. So all these three working together, like I said, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, make it such a valuable system that helps us every single day. So our relationship with the Holy Spirit um, is founded on these three words. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, full and complete truth. 
For he will not speak on his own initiative, but he will speak whatever he hears from the Father, the message regarding the Son, and he will disclose to you what is to come in the future. He will glorify and honor me, because he, the Holy Spirit, will take what is mine and disclose it to you. This is found in John 16, 13, and 14, the Amplified Version. And again, I love it because the Spirit of Truth will come and guide you into complete truth. There's no better way than giving you proper and true communication, confronting you in the most beautiful and truest of ways, and on top of that, confronting you with all truth because He wants to remove everything that's not of Him and fill you with is really and originally was made for you. The great counselor is the one who establishes communication through a consistent prayer life. Guys, if you're not praying every day, if prayer is suffering in your life, if you think that prayer also is just to receive blessings and give petitions, the Lord is not a genie. He is not a sign to give you what you want. He has put a promise over you and has promised to fulfill that promise over you. How about that for redundancy, right? But he knows how to comfort us also from our failures and mistakes. And he brings us back up to continue the work of our calling. So how amazing is that? Not only does it help you with consistent and prayer life, the word even says with the prayer life that he, when we don't even know what words to say, he speaks to us through inward groans. And also says that sometimes you're going to be in places, high places, where you have no idea what to say. And I'm going to speak through you. But even above those two things, when you fall, when you make a mistake, when you did that thing you weren't supposed to do, when you spoke to that person way too late in the night, when you when you drank or ate that thing you weren't supposed to do, I'm going to dust you off. I'm going to pick you back up because I have a calling to fulfill in your life. But with all this, which are good things, he must also finish the, the trio and confront the things that have negatively affected your inner man. The sin, the triggers, the doubts, the fears, the unstable emotions, such as jealousy, anger, hate, remorse, all those things. He's cleaning them out. He's taking his holiness and just cleaning them and cleansing you into becoming a righteous man or woman. And this is the process that I myself am going through and have really embraced since the beginning. I am a firm believer that we can comfort anyone without having any bit of foundation of communication established. What do I mean by that? You can see someone crying in the street and put your hand over them and hug them and say, how are you doing? You okay? Can we talk about it? The person won't think you're weird. However, communication, I believe, is necessary, a necessary prerequisite of confrontation. Uh, one of my favorite uh, prophets out there who just always has an awesome way of speaking life in the people, Sean Bowles, he once said that you can't have uh, correction without relationship. You know, and I'm not, we're not referring to uh, bosses or anything or people, you know, in the workplace. I'm, I'm actually more referring to um, the, the parent and child, to mentor and teacher, to student and, and, to, and to friends and to relatives and that nature. You know, if, if you're having a relationship with somebody and you guys have uh, transparency and there's trustworthiness in between you two, to confront someone is easier. But when you guys have no established relationship, when you guys don't really talk much and when you do talk, it's not even about anything deep and you try to confront this person, most likely or more likely than not, you're going to spark something in them that's going to trigger some kind of anger or hatred towards you. So, you know, I, I believe that um, confrontation has to be established with already a relationship of grace and truth. And, and, and then also the level of confrontation. You can't jump off the boat and confront something major in someone's life. You got to go small and you got to increase day by day and gain their trust so you can confront everything. 
Uh, again, I do believe that we need to have a healthy communication in order to confront issues or chronic problems. If you don't have that, again, the person will flip on you and it will change it on you and then it'll become more of a mess than a solution. So where do we get this from? Of course, Jesus, the greatest role model of all time. Um, he was the ultimate example of this. He came down from heaven and didn't use his label as a, as a son of God or as God himself to do what he pleased, nor did he exercise his authority as some kind of dictator or totalitarian or in a harsh way. No, you know, he really could have done whatever he wanted. He really could have said, hey, guys, I'm God. Do what I say or are you going to die? But he understood the significance, the importance of why he was there. He had to develop something. He had to leave a system, a kingdom system in place. So when he left, that would be the, the lasting legacy. Not only cleansing us of our sins and setting us free, but also giving us humans the ability to carry something on after he left. So, you know, instead of instead, he chose to humble himself and do the three C's to properly communicate, to properly comfort and to properly confront. He selected his followers, he trained them up in the spirit, he built a relationship, he was there for them, he corrected and confronted them, and so many more things. And that to me was, was very edifying because that's why we have parents, that's why we have authorities, that's also why we have peers, and that's also why we have people in the next generation coming up. It's just a, a, ro a rotating door, a system coming in and out that if we follow this pattern, if we build up proper communication with people, if we send that text message back, if we don't leave people unread, if we don't see their email and don't answer because they said two words you didn't like, if we respond more ap appropriately and politely on Facebook, on social media, our communication across the whole globe will be so much more pure. And on top of that, applying the word to everything. So Jesus taught his disciples how to communicate with non-believers, fellow believers, and even God the Father. Again, this was so new to them because they were just so busy, you know, yeah, we'll read the scriptures and do what we got to do. But he found a way to say, this is how you're going to talk to people that you were once told you cannot communicate with. This is how you're going to talk to your fellow brothers and how to, how to have good conversations and healthy, holy conversations with them. But on top of that, I'm also going to show you how to pray and connect with the Father, whom will teach you these things. Right. So how did he comfort them? He comforted them in different ways. He he actually shed tears. He explained parables privately. He gave them food to eat. He even gave them peace in their trials. We saw actually a confrontation and a comfort moment when the storm began to go around. The hurricane winds coming. They're on the boat and Jesus is just chilling down there and sleeping in the bottom of the boat. And lo and behold, here comes everyone acting like drama queens saying, you don't love us. You don't want to protect us. And Jesus says, ye of little faith, you know, and then he calms the storm and immediately everyone's like, whoa, who is this guy? You know, so he confronts them. You got no faith and then comforts him. You know, so God, so Jesus did this so much. And again, touching the last topic and confronting, he confronted them when necessary and called them even a brood of vipers, called them again, like I said, you of little faith, confront them about money, how to pay taxes, their mindset, the love for him and one another. He confronted them in so many ways. And not only, not only the disciples, he confronted other people about their sin, about their mercy, the, the people that were going to stone the fornicating woman to death, people who were in the marketplace that he formed whips of from cords and flipped tables upside down, the demonized people that approached him. He confronted things. Because guys, believe it or not, confrontation is a major part of your of your maturity. It's a major part of who you're going to be when you're a father, when you're a mother, when you're a leader, when you're going to be um, uh, operating in this kingdom. 
grace is beautiful to have. But if you don't have people who are there confronting you, like even Apostle Paul did to Peter, when that is not existing, you might end up living a life that was never meant to be your calling. You might live a lifestyle that you yourself even made up. A parallel gospel that was never even a gospel to begin with. So please, you know, be aware that, that, that confrontation from your mentors, confrontation from people who have loving relationships with you are actually healthy. So this system to me and for everyone out there, it produces an authentic relationship with God and allows us to fully mature with him. It's not about guys, bless me, bless me, bless me, God. Just come, don't just comfort me, don't confront me, because when you confront me, it hurts my feelings, and I want my feelings hurt. But it's certainly not also about, oh my God, I'm sorry, Lord, please forgive me, don't hurt me, don't don't take out your 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 whip or your your belt. I don't want to get hurt. It's certainly neither, because those are both the extremes. But it's much greater than all of that. God wants to, wants us to live a relationship that pleases Him by faith, and that we understand that we have grace when we make a mistake. This gets revealed more as your prayer life increases. And that's where I kind of want to wrap up the episode. Every single time, guys, you have the opportunity to, to pray to the Lord. He begins to situate everything you're going through, whether it's a financial thing that, that popped up, whether you're feeling emotional about a family, a, a family member or a friend who kind of maybe hurt you or left you kind of like in confusion. Whatever you're going through, prayer life situates and gives you a solution for everything. And then God comforts you and says, hey, you, you messed up, you failed. Hey, forgive or you know, ask for forgiveness. Repent and c- get back up. I'm with you. I'm your father. You're already seated here with, in heavenly realms. I already designed you. I already created you. I already, I already chosen you. So let's get back at it. But the, the biggest thing is that let's embrace the confrontation part. Let's embrace that confrontation is real. Someone once said, Kenny's really good at confrontation. We should go talk to him. And at first, I, I thought it was a little sarcastic. I'm like, hey. But no, it was actually a, 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 a really, really true statement that came out of their heart. And it said, it's good because he needed to confront me and his confrontation in my life has helped me. And I said, you know why I'm so good at confronting? Because the Holy Spirit emphasized it to me and I received it sometimes a little stubbornly, but with an open heart eventually. And that helped me become the man I am today. Because if we keep comforting this generation to do what they're doing, they're never going to be corrected. And when you don't correct anyone, that person becomes what they want, how they want it, with whom they want it to be. And that is dangerous. So I hope you guys take this devotional. I hope you guys take this teaching and you apply it into your life. I hope you guys understand that the, that um, how important communication is. And if you're not praying, guys, I suggest you pray. If you're not in his word, I suggest you, you get into his word. And I suggest if everything in life is about, Lord, heal me and give me and this, this. You know, if, for instance, I heard from a pastor, and I'll close with this one. With this, if, if a pastor a pastor said, what, should, what would be your question to God? You know, what would you want God to fix? And he said almost 90% were talking about, fix my husband, fix my son, fix my finances, fix my home, fix this, fix that. But none of them said, fix me. Like, make me unselfish. Take me out of my arrogance. Take me out of my brokenness. Take me out of my lying lifestyle. Take me out of this, this self-entitlement that I have. You know? And that to me is a, is a major lesson to learn. So I love you guys very much. I hope you guys take these three C's and apply it into your life. Learn to communicate. Learn to comfort people and to receive comfort. And most of all, learn to properly confront with grace and truth. But also learn to properly be confronted when the time is necessary. I love you guys. God bless you. And keep up the message of hope wherever you go.